That waitress sized us up in two seconds. We're black and black people don't tip. So she wasn't gonna waste her time. Now somebody like that, nothing you could do to change their mind. So, uh, how much did you leave? You expect me to pay for that kind of service? <laughs> what? What the fuck is you laughing at, man? Hey, hey. Abomatomically, Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses can't define how I'm dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform armed robbery. Flee with the lottery. Possibly they spotted me. Battle scarred shotgun explosion when my pen hits. Tremendous ultraviolet shine blind forensic. Hey, welcome to the Black Outers podcast with your host Rod and Karen. And for the first time ever, we have a guest that is not in the studio with I us. I know, it seemed kind of strange talking to somebody I can't touch. Yeah, it's going to be kind of <laughs> uh, weird um, because uh, hopefully the quality sounds good because I've been kind of dreading doing one of these because I, like, I don't like when I hear other podcasts and the quality isn't as good. But uh, fuck it, man. If, at this point, you're either in. We're 60 shows in. You're either in or you're out. That's true. So with no further ado, um, my girl, Nichelle, uh, our friend from college. Yes. Uh, say what's up to everybody, Nichelle. Hey, everybody. What's up? Known Rod and Karen in very different ways for a long time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know you guys were dating. <laughs> I knew you were in college. Yeah, I think. <laughs> like, I, I hope you didn't. I think my friend. Say that again, you broke up a little bit. So I didn't even know you guys were dating when we were in college. Like, I kind of segment my friends a little bit. So I was like, Rod is like my lunch crew. And Rod and Karen is my, like, you know, RA, you know, yeah. crew. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little different, man, because um, I think a lot of people think that me and Karen are, like, opposites, too. Like, we get that a lot, especially... uh. You know, whenever I tell people that don't really know that we were dating or something, they would always be like, what? Like, why? Like, why is she with you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. God, like, why wouldn't she be with am you? I, How about that? Am I that filthy? Like, I, I curse a little bit, but I don't do anything crazy. Like, damn. Anyway, um, speaking of crazy, you can leave comments on the podcast. Just go to Podomatic.com. 
Facebook, join our Facebook group, leave, uh, leave comments there, or you can go to iTunes and leave us a review. Um, just search for The Black Guy Who Tips on any of those mediums that I just uh, told you about, and you will find us. Um, and the unofficial sport of the podcast is... Bunnyball. And the official weapon of the podcast is the taser. Alright, and um, you can also call and leave us a message. We didn't have any this time, which is fine because um, I don't even know if we can record them when we're on Skype like this. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the number for the podcast, if you want to leave a message, is 704 557 0186. As time goes on and we get better, uh, and for people that donate, you know, your donation will help us so we can. Hear them and they can hear us and we can play live recording. So your donations go to a good cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, uh, on, uh, this podcast the other day called, uh, where's, actually yesterday yeah. called Where's My 40 Acres. Uh, it's a podcast with these four guys and they basically, it sounds like four friends having a phone conversation yeah. about random topics and they're really funny. Yes, um, they are. Sometimes poignant, um, and their podcasts go on for probably like two hours, maybe maybe a little longer sometimes, depending on how good they get to talking. But um, I was on there yesterday, and we talked about Ryan from the real world, uh, and we talked about people who are in denial of their own sexuality, and we talked about cuddle parties, and we talked about... <laughs> cuddle parties, wow! <laughs> I had never heard of that in my life. We found a picture on the internet of a cuddle party with a guy sitting on, like, he, everyone was laying down on their back, and he was sitting down in the middle of the floor with someone's foot in his mouth. Like, that seems like a gross violation of whatever cuddle party rules there must be, like. Yeah, cuddle, I don't care what nobody's saying, when you trying to make up an orgy by coming up a cuddle party to make it sound cute, I promise you, somebody somewhere was having sex, and you still consider that cuddling. <laughs> I think a foot fungus. Like, I that think a foot kid. fungus. I'm like, why are you putting that in there? And, like, what I want to know is, one, like, you couldn't see the top half of the person, so was it a man or a woman? <laughs> right? <laughs> then, the other thing I want to know is, if if someone puts, like, you know how they say, if you put your someone's hand in water while they sleep, they'll pee their pants? Like, if someone puts your foot in your mouth while they sleep, what will that make you do? Oh, no. <laughs> that might make you fuck up. Or maybe not pee your Yeah, exactly. Congratulations, um, I took that podcast that they did. It's on Podomatic. Where's my 40 acres? Uh, I just took it, copied it, and pasted it to my Facebook status. And people can share it. They can listen to it right on the page. And, you know, I suggest people do that with our podcast, their podcast, however you want to share it. Uh, it's really appreciated. Um, and, uh, the Facebook group is growing, man. We're like almost at 900 people. So cool. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Do you realize that's more than some television stations? No, I did not. Some <laughs> stations don't even have like 900 people following them on Facebook or whatever. That's impressive. Well, I appreciate wow. it, man. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad it's growing, man. Yeah, um, wow. I guess we lodge it in local stations. Yeah. <laughs> and don't nobody even know about us. Lodge it in your local news station. I know. The black guy. Just <laughs> where I get my news. Yeah. <laughs> if you get your news here, you are <laughs> fucked. Yes, you are. <laughs> I don't need to know what's going on in the world. I just listen to these niggas complain. Um. <laughs> all right, man. So, uh, 
What I was also going to say, speaking of Facebook, I saw the new pictures for T and Will, uh, the couple that was on here a couple of episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, she had her baby, y'all. Yes, Malcolm. So we got uh, Malcolm, uh, the first baby of the podcast. Yeah. Yay! So, yes, he's so I'm gonna look that up right now. I'm sure he's listening to this right now. Malcolm, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? It's Uncle Rod. Welcome to the world. <laughs> so y'all know what that means. You give it about a month or two, we're gonna get his numbers up, boy. He been scared somebody gonna surpass him. I know. I'm gonna book Justin for Wednesday and see what it does to Will's numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been keeping tallies, Will. We've been keeping tallies. All right. So um, I wasn't even thinking about it, but I almost forgot. We actually got some email. And we need to do this email, and one of them's really, really long, but it's so nice that I'm gonna read the whole thing because it's nice and it's about us and Aww. it's our podcast. So fuck it. Um, <laughs> all right, so let me start with uh, the first one. This is from BJ, and he says, first off, congratulations on your eight-year anniversary." Oh yeah, that's right. We had our eighth anniversary last week. <laughs> September second. And let me tell you the funny part about it is that sometimes I've been working overtime at work and sometimes you can be working so hard and wrap up wrapped up in your own life that sometimes things like this sneak up on you, you know, and it's normally the man that forgets, but Roger got to remember then I was like Oh yeah, it has been eight years. It's not like I forgot it just for the fact that sometimes you just have so much going on on your mind. Uh, don't believe that, Michelle. She uh, she always Aww. she always forgets. Like um, <laughs> at, <laughs> I know you're gonna be like, don't believe that. You know, she usually remembers. Oh, no, no. no, but it's not a big deal. We we don't really care. Aaron, I know it's a big day. But man, when you go to work at four a.m. in the morning, you can't be thinking straight and remember no anniversaries. Ah, uh, it ain't four a.m. every year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, but uh, anyway, though, she, uh, yeah, I texted her and was like, oh, yeah, happy anniversary. But um, we don't make a big deal out of birthdays, no. Christmases. Um, yeah, a lot of people think we were Jewish or Mormon or whatever. No, um, what is it? Jehovah's it Witness. Witness. That's a lot of people think we're Jehovah's Witnesses. Can I get a witness? Um, what? what? <laughs> but uh, no, I, a lot of people think that it's some kind of religious thing. I just no. don't really care that much. Like, it's cool, but I'm not trying to stop everybody's day. I think it's so narcissistic when people are like, stop what you're doing. It's my birthday. Like, okay. Congrats. Yeah, what's in it for me? It's your birthday. Yeah. You know what? On birthdays, I feel like we should call our mother up and say, thank you for pushing me out. Yes. That. Thank you for those nine months. Thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for not for taking that picture. Yeah. Thanks for skipping the pill that month. Uh, appreciate the uh, lack of a condom. We, it was really big. Good looks, mom. Thanks for letting me be. Yeah, <laughs> this could have went really bad for me, yes. and you guys looked out. Um, so it says, uh, first off, congratulations on your eight year anniversary. Definitely want to wish y'all many more years of happiness, and hopefully, podcast as well. I just listened uh, to the podcast around the time Mel Gibson was wilding out. I've been, <laughs> that was. Good. That was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Mistake. Think of Mel Gibson or any other thing referring to, to anything regarding his movies. Up, be like, you will give me a blowjob. Yeah. <laughs> I think 
think about it at work when people like say something about him or something that relates to his movies and I know it's inappropriate. So I just start laughing and they're like, what? And I'm like, I just can't. I can't. Take you straight face. I don't blame you. <laughs> but I can't say this out loud. Yeah, I can't take that dude serious anymore. Um, I, but I, unlike a lot of people, I don't, I really just don't care about, I, was, I haven't really it's just funny. cared about his movies or I don't think boycotting him is going to stop him from being a womanizer, alcoholic, no. racist. So fuck it. Um, at least we know. <laughs> like if somebody right now, if somebody right now paying for a ticket for like a Keanu Reeves movie and he could be like a Nazi, we don't know these people. Um, alright, so he said, I've been hooked ever since, but I have, I have, I've had a question. How did y'all come up with the name? I just knew y'all would explain it when y'all spoke on the business that was charging gratuities to only black people during the CIAA, but no answer. If you could explain it, that would be great. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Finally got my wife to listen to a podcast. And you put my two-year-old son to sleep when we ride out. That's a good thing. Peace and quiet. Thanks again. Be Blizz on Twitter. Hey, man. Your kid- so this dude is not black, obviously. Uh, his kid's going to be fucked up. That's all I know. <laughs> He put bad children to sleep. Yeah, his kid is going to be bad as hell when he get older, man. I don't know if he should be listening to this. His first words is going to be like, shit, damn, fuck. Like, Niggas don't tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the, the podcast, like, the name came from my blog, which uh, I started, I guess, going on, like, two or three years now. And, um... It was the blackouttips.blogspot.com, um, and I still write there, so, you know, guys, check it out if you're listening to this. Um, it's just kind of like this, but written. Um, so, yeah, I, basically, uh, I, I just came up with the name because I was a waiter. Tipping is important to me, and yes, one of the things I don't like is when people say, well, black people don't tip, black people don't tip. And even if it's true, it's just such a complex issue. Yes, it is. Overall, it's like a chicken or egg thing. And there's so, it means so much to so many different people, so many different ways. When you say a black person doesn't tip or I'm the, so I, I decided I'm going to be the one black person everybody knows that does tip. So you can stop saying that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, cite me. Tip. A lot of times we over tip and it's funny. Sometimes the people will be so surprised. And I know I, I sometimes I go ahead and eat by myself. And one time I think my meal was like eight, ten dollars and I left like a, eight dollar tip and dude was like hey hey you gave me too much money i was like nah i didn't that's right he was like you sure i was like yeah you know because like i said i've served before so i completely understand how that might make somebody day or pay somebody bills off like a lot of people fail to realize these are people too Mm -hmm. girl when i serve and i didn't know you guys were at table so i feel you on that man people do not understand the the bull you go through as a server oh, like just to get them that meal because they think my water wasn't filled up completely and you're like do you not realize i had to argue with the cook to even get your meal right. here like he's got an attitude i gotta manage him i gotta manage you i gotta manage the bar yeah i'll make it two and, thir- and you're making like 235 depending on where you work or min- minimum wage, wage or below minimum wage so like these people don't understand and then the other thing about the name is it's a social statement it's a a statement of class it's a statement about um just like culture because 
there's a lot of black people out there that do tip. There's some like us that over tip yeah. for out of a social type awareness of I don't want to fit that stereotype. Yes. I've actually tipped people who've given me mediocre service before and regretted it or bad service and regretted it but did it anyway out of some type of weird like anti-racist stand like it was just so like yeah, like mean, like they treated me like shit and i just wanted yes. to be like you know what you don't know everything and it's ironic that the way to show them was to give them money but there was no other way that i could show them like listen the world is not exactly how you feel it is in your little bubble yes that's interesting um i'm gonna tell y'all a story the other night i went to ihop here in the rock and it, I chose Friday, which was probably a bad idea because it was like teen night right after the football game. Aww. So we're eating, we're enjoying our meal, and guess who sees a roach? And I can't eat any of uh-huh. Literally. Roach is running, scurrying off from, from like our booth to the next, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. So we reported in, of course, and so we're like, we're not paying for this meal. But I was like, listen, we gotta t- tip this server. It's not her fault this host popped out and that guy killed her with his bare hands. No! Oh. Not her fault! She was courteous and kind. Let's at least give this woman a, a, a tip. Yeah. Because she was fine in every other thing, just, you know, I can't help with it for managing. That's real nice of you, man, because I, like, one thing that will cut somebody off my list real quick, and I, I mean, there's not a ton of shit that I have, but one of the main things that I can't take is people who fuck with servers and are mean to servers yes, and just for no reason people who constantly complain about their food and like want to take him back like that's a like uh, like for not legit reasons not saying like because there's a lot of legit reasons to be upset with your service let's let's keep that real it ain't like they're they're hiring a bunch of uh yale graduates but at the same time uh, anyone that treats servers like shit because they don't have control in their own life and they just decide this is the place where I'm going to exercise my control. Fuck you. We can never be friends. Yeah, and that's very, very annoying. And, and I guess because I served for years, like I served from about 17 till I was about 22, 23. And I worked at several different restaurants. And what I've realized, and this is just me for my observation, you know who really don't tip? Older people, older white people. And a lot of people don't want to admit this, but, and it doesn't even bother me, but you have to realize a lot of older white people in their, you know, 70s and 80s and some in their 90s, they're still on that old school counter where the sodas was 25 cent mentality when they go in there, like the cost of everything going up, they oblivious to that. So, you know, you get 35 cent, 50 cent. I don't care. I, I rake it in the change and go put gas in my car. But a lot of people get upset and offended and they don't like to serve older people. But see, nobody's going to say that. You know, everybody's going to just say black people don't tip and do this sweeping thing. Yeah, with my experience, it's kind of been, um, I mean, old people don't tip, but old people also don't order shit. Like, they get the early bird special. They yeah, get, like, a cup of coffee. Like, they don't come in and be like, let me get a steak. Here's 10 cent. But, um, the, the, <laughs> The people I've found that don't tip that are just fucking ridiculous are actually really young people, like teenagers. Yes. Um, like they're like, and I know why they don't tip. One, they don't know the cost of shit, and every, and they don't really have any manners about it. Like they don't have a big worldview. They normally haven't had a job yet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They haven't really had to pay for bills yet. So to them, it's like I want a steak. The steak is fifteen ninety five. Okay, here's fifteen ninety five. 
You know what I'm saying? End of transaction to them. Yeah, this is McDonald's. Everybody's McDonald's. But, but you know, even in those groups, I'm sure there's exceptions. Because I've yeah, had, I, one time I had this kid come in by himself. He he was high as shit. Uh, he was like, hey man, can you make me a, 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 a chocolate pancake but make it like a funny face? And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah man, you know, put like a face on it. And I was like, okay. So I went in the back, took the whipped cream, cherries, all these sprinkles and shit, made it like a big old joker face and sent it out there for him. And he ate that shit, left me like $20 on like a $7 bill. And wow. And, and he was a young, he was a young dude. And I don't know why he did that. I mean, I'm sure part of it's because he was high, but it was, I was still blown away just that, like, I didn't expect to get much out of that little young dude because young kids don't really tell. Yeah, and then uh, a lot of the uh, tipping also goes into the environment and the atmosphere. Because one time me and Roger went out to eat to this nice restaurant. And I think instead of them sending him one steak, they sent him out another steak instead. And we said, hey, we think we got the wrong steak. And the server was like overly polite. He was like, oh, I'll take it back. I'll cook you another one. We was like, no, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, dude tried to yank the steak out of my hands. Like, I was like, listen, man, I will eat this. The only thing is, like, the cost is a little different. So it's like maybe $2 less for this steak. Just knock the $2 off. I'm completely fine with this. I don't want to complain. Went panic mode. Dude went, he, I, I thought I had convinced him to, like, just leave it alone. Dude came back with the manager. I was like, what the fuck? Now I feel like an asshole. Like, <laughs> But uh, but even the manager was extra polite though. Yeah, but, um, gave us desserts and knocked stuff off. I was <laughs> like, wow, that must not get black people in here often. It was like, mm, we up off there with the NAACP. No issues up in here. But uh, yeah. Anyway, man. So um, thank you for the email. Uh, yes, thank B-Bliss. you. Liz. We thank probably you. gave you way more information about the title of this podcast than you want to know. <laughs> um, but at least you know now. Yeah, and then the other thing is, like I said, it's a complex title. I just know that it's like a buzz-heavy title. It means a lot of different things, a lot of people. So it wasn't one thing, if that's what you're thinking. Um, Let's see. Uh, We got another one. And uh, this one's from Mike. And he says, hi, Rod, Karen. Hi. I wanted to offer some suggestions. How about paying the players that do graduate? Maybe this will encourage younger people to place a value on education once they step onto a college campus. A coach and his staff should receive a bonus for the number of players that walk away with a degree. Also, I think the NBA and NFL should step their game up by paying players that have earned their degree. Uh, take care. Um, see, this is the thing, man, and this is the problem with the NCAA. They don't give a fuck about these kids getting an education, man. That's just a cover to hide behind. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like I heard someone say, and uh, it was just a very poignant uh, comment. She was like, listen, these kids are coming from a culture where they don't value the education they're being given. Mm -hmm. And the people giving them the education have a completely different value system. So they think... Listen, we're giving you an education. You can be anything. And the other person is just like, I want to play football. Y'all making me come to this school so I can go play football. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this because I got to. If y'all would, like in any other job market, allow me to go get a job and make some real money, I wouldn't even see you guys. Yes. So, uh, you know, I think that's part of it. And then the 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 main thing is, I don't. you don't really have to, like, one, there's no amount of money you can pay a coach. That will be over the amount of money he would get from going to a bowl, 
becoming a good becoming known for winning at football which is really all coaches ever talk about is winning at football and then uh once they get that money transfer into a job where they can get paid even more money to do the same thing and my thing is this a prime example the black coach at notre dame he had one of the highest rates in the country for graduating athletes they didn't give a damn they fired him so that tells you right there graduating don't mean nothing it's about winning if you don't win they don't care which means honestly they don't care about degrees right. let's just keep that real let's you know take the covers take the sheets off the bed and look at the bed for what it is nobody cares everybody wants to pretend like we got all this love for the athlete but you're as valuable as we can toss you or you as valuable as much money you make for our school and my thing is this once you graduate you into the real world so once you get into the real world you go get a real job right and i mean i don't know man i just really feel like the entire value system of the ncaa athletic programs will have to change yes in order for this solution to work i was like my solution was more or really it's Derek's solution but it was more like there's a way to operate within this fucked up value system they already have where look the kid gets something out of it if he gets hurt he's not you know done for life he he has some money to walk away with and do something or, or, you know, in the school, just, you know, most kids won't get hurt. Most of the time, you don't have prolific athletes getting major injuries. So, for the school, a lot of those schools will be like, look, all we lost was a couple of dollars on insurance, but not enough money that we, like, you know, are losing money on the program. That's true. Yeah, I like, I like that idea a lot, actually, because these kids give their bodies, like, for four or five years, because some are good enough for the college level, but they'll never make it into the NBA, you know, in the NFL or NBA. So it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's a a consolation prize if they get hurt, you know. I mean, I I think it's the least they can do, and I, I mean, I doubt they'll do it, but I feel like with the value systems that we're already have in place, I mean, shit, in the ideal world, the kids would come to school to learn yeah. and and the coaches would understand that and everybody would think it's you know everything else is secondary and schools would crack down hard on academics yes, they would. and not yeah. just necessarily like looking for money schemes but actually look at like hey how did you get that B you know what I'm saying and you would see coaches and people say look you have to go if you're not doing your schoolwork." You know, but you don't, that shit will never happen. So I'm just operating with the way it is. Um, let's see what else we have here. We have uh, an email from Sharif. What up, Rod, Karen, and Will? <laughs> Putting his name here because he needs to be the third host. If only, if only because he has a laugh that rivals Karen. Um, <laughs> Alright. <laughs> man, these guys are steady hitting care with subliminals, aren't they? I know, they? man. I love your laugh. I'm right here, fellas. Aww, thank you. Hey. Good grief. Anyway. Blushes. <laughs> uh, we've been using the. Did you know we had a dude that said he wanted to. Um, he's in, like, Oakland or something. And he's going to be visiting Charlotte. He's like, what do I have to do to come in the studio and be a guest? And I've never really conversed with this dude on Twitter or anything. I was like, I don't know, man, a lot. Like, give me a kidney. I can't just have you in my crib. We don't know each other. I appreciate you listening, but I, if I was, like, somebody just walking here off the street, man, I can't have that. No. Plus, it was a little scary. Yeah, it was a little scary, man. Plus, he's from Oakland. I'm sure he's a cool dude. 
but Oakland is the hood, man. We got to know each other a little better than this first, man. We can't just we can't just roll we, like we this. Can Skype you like this, but yeah, <laughs> Call, leave a voicemail first, and then we'll start. There. <laughs> um. Anyway, he says we've been using the Nuva Ring for a number of years, and it's been great. And the NuvaRing is uh, a contra- female contraceptive yes. that goes inside the vagina. Yes, we've seen this on the Ox, y'all. The Ox. Yeah, when we were watching the BGC on the Ox. Um, and it stops the sperm, I guess, from getting to the egg somehow yes. uh, with their ring-like formula. And the reason we commented on this was because on the uh, actual uh, commercial... What? Maybe 15 to 20 seconds is actually the com- an ad for what they are really promoting yes. and then like 45 seconds is yeah so this shit can kill you and here's the 27 ways it can do it yes by law we got to tell you now i ain't knocking anybody's birth control i mean shit everything's better than having a kid or getting an std or something that but um what i what was funny though is that you know all these side effects so we didn't know anybody that had been on it no. or that wanted to come out I know someone that was on it and she had to go back to her normal birth control because it was just she had an allergic reaction it was bad so she was like a victim of that and her doctor was like no maybe no, keep trying it like this is where I'm like doctors I, I can't trust them you're in it for the money because it was the newest thing out it was the most expensive birth control and she was trying to you know push it on my friend yep. And my friends started having these reactions that were horrible. And she's like, no, just just try for another week. And then finally she was like, no, no, you put me back on my old birth control because this is ridiculous. Yeah, doctors don't trust them. Doctors are drug dealers. I don't know why we think a white lab coat means that they, they can be trusted. <laughs> but, or, hey, I went to school. Hey, you know what happens when your doctor comes in and, like, the nurse comes, talks to you first, does all the work. Then the doctor comes in and he's like, "Oh, so I see you've been having a fever. What else do you have?" Makes a note of your little of your uh, you know, symptoms, and then they leave you for like twenty minutes. Man, that motherfucker is somewhere on uh, on on Google or Wikipedia, <laughs> looking up what is wrong with you. Don't sleep, y'all. Like they still got to even back in the day before the internet, they're looking at some textbook or reference book to be like, okay, here's the symptoms. What this is what's wrong with them. So don't don't sleep, man. And the, and the whole like pharmaceutical pushing uh, drugs on the doctors to sell to you, that is a hustle, man. I know a dude that used to be a pharmaceutical salesman. Think about this. Mm-hmm. Pharmaceuticals have to have salesmen. Wow. They don't sell drugs directly to me and you. They sell the idea of the drug to me and you so that when we walk in with a cold, we walk out with, uh, you know, whatever commercial we saw. You know, we're going to walk. Some antidepressants. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I've been sad. Why are you so sad? Oh, my wife left me. Here's a you pill. need drugs. It will solve everything. <laughs> this is better than eating food. Yeah, so, um, that's part of it. And then, you know, the recreational use of these, like, med- prescription drugs. I mean, we, it's not a secret, man. These dudes are drug dealers. Um, anyway, so, um, I mean, just when I got my teeth pulled out, they gave me free drugs on top of my prescription drugs. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Who, de- who gives you a free sample other than drug dealers and people of that ilk? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they give you a free sample of, like, ice cream at Baskin-Robbins because they know you're coming back. That's It's drug dealing. Anyway. Baskin-Robbins is like crack. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of crack, 
I watched Brooklyn's Finest um, the other day. Mm-hmm. They had Wesley Snipe. Took me back to the days of Nino Brown. Yes, sir. Oh, he was the man back then. Yes, sir. Woo! Yes, yep. Sir. Me and Roger, it's been a while ago. We've seen that the other day, and, and it's hilarious. It's funny now, but it was a club scene. And why was the uh, bartender behind the bar in a white suit, hot stepping with drinks in his hand, serving them to customers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like doing the running man and yes. giving people drinks. Yes, he was. He he should have got tipped very well that night. He that was club, entertainment. That club was off the chain. Yeah, it was. Um. Anyway, so. Um. <laughs> Sorry to get off topic, y'all. <laughs> He says, uh, side effects have been minimal. Pharma advertising has, and I guess he means pharmaceutical advertising, has fair balance rules that require companies to balance out the positive claims with the side effects. If you read the warning label on any drug, even common ones like ibuprofen, it'll sound like a laundry list of death. Great show, keep them coming. First of all, that doesn't make me feel better about anything. That what you basically just said was, yeah, this shit might kill you, but so will everything. Yes. (laughs) Nothing's safe. But um, even more funny than that is um, the fair balance rules. Like, there's no other products where you have to give a fair balance rule. Like, just that rule alone should tell you that the drugs and shit we fuck with are kind of, you know, messed up. Yeah. Like, putting a drug in your body... And where they have to say, listen, we have to legally require you to tell people how your drug will negatively affect them. Because if we don't, we know y'all won't tell them we're going to have some messed up people. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's kind of fucked up. But anyway, man, appreciate you right now. Um, and then here's the long one. Uh, this is, this is, Michelle, don't fall asleep. All right. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. I wanted to start off by letting you know how much I love you guys. And love is capital. Oh. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we love you too. Uh, Tanisha. Um, it's, <laughs> it's refreshing to know that there are other people like me in the world. People who have an opinion, don't give a shit what other people's opinions are, but aren't gonna down you or upset you if you disagree with their opinion. Uh, say what you gotta say and keep it moving. Also like that you guys don't uh, get all bent out of shape. Oh, get don't get hell bent out of shape over some things that are offensive to some black folks. I can't recall one thing in particular, but I'm sure you can think of something, and I for sure will concur. So can y'all think of something that we didn't get offended about that most black people would get offended about? Black church and love. Oh, yeah, we did do that black church mm-hmm. episode. That was our yeah. least popular episode. Oh, though. and that's why I could... Wow. Niggas, niggas ain't trying to hit that. Yeah. You know what? Like, one thing I have to say about you guys, and, and, and this is a random table group in general, we have a lot of people who think very differently about things. Yeah. That was the thing I, lo- I loved about the um, the random emails. Because even your blog kind of started as an offshoot of that. Yeah. You know, like you would, Rob would send these hilarious emails on his thoughts and observations on life, and they were amazing. And you know, develop into a blog. But he's, you, you've always been such an like an unorthodox thinker. But it makes sense. Like it's logical. But it's just like, well, this is what I think, and here's my my claim, and here's my facts to back it up. Yeah, I was when I, I was talking to Mario uh, earlier today, and I was telling him that um, I kept thinking like the more people I met, the more my group of friends would grow. But it hasn't really happened because. Um, 
there's a lot of people I just can't talk to or can't relate to and I just cut people off now where it's like I would have people at work that I can tell want to talk to me and I just keep it really cordial because I know that you know if I say certain things to them they're not going to take it the way that you know I think they should take it or the way that it's intended and I don't even mean like offensive shit like cursing or calling somebody a racial name but like like, for example within like a couple weeks of me getting my new job this dude sent out a mass email about some religious stuff with some imagery of soldiers and all this stuff and I just was like, I can't ever really be this guy's friend. I know it's so. I'm going to say something that pisses that dude off at some point in time, you and know? he's going to be up in the human resources office. That's why. Like, I feel like, and like, do you guys feel this way? Whenever people, like, especially if it's over work email, they send, send that stuff like, support. And I'm. And you guys know more than anyone else that I'm not against the teacher. But support, you know, this thing. Talking about how they sacrificed their lives for freedom. For our freedom and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm thinking, our freedom? <laughs> like, I, I, we're not, yeah. we didn't do anything for our freedom. We did something for a Halliburton. <laughs> <laughs> we, did something, we did something for them. But the Iraqis are like... Where this where this freedom y'all was talking about? Like, cause it seems it sucks right now. Like I like I hate I hate that, and I hate when people forward that. And it's like if you break this chain, you suck, and you're not a real American. Have you guys ever gotten that? Yeah, I've never forwarded any of those. I delete those immediately. And I wish that I could, you know how on your your uh, public email you can block people, but they're my coworkers, yeah. and I don't think I'm able to block them. But if I could, I would block their asses. Don't send me that shit at work. Yeah, so in a like in a focus. Yes, it is. First of all, you're talking about your religion at work. Word. This For is real. the discussion we want to start. The shit that has caused thousands of years of war in the Middle East. We want to drum that shit up in the middle of corporate America. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, we're and, and you wonder why you never get that promotion. You wonder why ten years were and nobody gonna have you supervising folks meeting religion over their heads. Yeah, so I mean that's part of it, but um. You know that, but what I do now is I just cut people off. So uh, that way we don't even have to worry about this conversation. I've cut you off, and you can't offend me, and I can't offend you. Nope. Because I will offend you probably. And um, like I, <laughs> I remember <laughs> that is true. So fine on that. Like Rod has offended me a time or two, but ne- it wasn't necessarily like he meant to. He says it being funny, but I just have stuff going on in my life, and I'm like, I can't believe you. <laughs> I can admit this. I'm a woman. I can admit this. I'm a grown woman. But sometimes there's stuff going on in my life, and Rob will say something, and it's a joke. But I'm like, I can't believe you just said that, Rob. <laughs> like we had email wars. Remember with the um, was it Zakaya? Yeah. Woo. Oh man, yeah, I lost F- a friend. Of- email war. <laughs> Ooh, I had to call her. Like it was that bad. Where it was like, listen, no, I don't know what the problem is, but. What kind of context are you reading these comments in? And um, the thing, the thing is, whenever people used to ask me for advice on relationships, mm-hmm. I used to give them opposite advice and go so far to hyperbole to where they would see my point. Like where they would like say somebody would be like, "So I'm talking to this guy, and he lives in a different city, and I tried to, you know, I tried to call him all last week. He didn't return any of my calls." Um, do you think I should I'm going down there for a visit for a business or something do you think I should try to hit him up while I'm in town and I would be like oh no you you should try to hit him up you, you should go to his house and like go online look up his address go to his house 
and just wait outside in a car, you know, where there's raining, storming, whatever. Just wait outside and, you know, knock on his door like once or twice every hour. Um, if he doesn't come home, you know, hit his Facebook, hit his uh, Twitter, hit his Texas phone, call. If he's not there, go to his job. Make sure you go to his job and then, you know, like just to the point where they're just like, okay, I get it. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Like that's. That was the advice I used to give, and I, that can definitely get under somebody's skin. And then sometimes I just fuck with people. I remember one time Mario, uh, we actually talked about this today. He came and sat down at the lunch table, and he's like, "Fraud." And this is just like I think it was just me and him. And he just sits down, and he's like, "Fraud, do you believe everything that's in the Bible?" And I, one, I did. One, I think that's a ridiculous question. But two, I didn't feel like talking about that shit. I looked at him with a straight face and went, yes. And just kept eating my food. <laughs> oh, God. I don't think... There, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell y'all this. There are so many classic memories I have of Rod. One has to do with, like, Rod is, Rod is a very loyal friend. I can say this. Um, remember when... I'm not going to use this girl's real name. But remember when someone uh, Mario dated really wasn't hanging with us like that? Like like she used to, especially like after he left college and was like, you know, real distant. Yeah. And then one day she decided she was going to um, come and sit at the table. And so the rest of us are real quiet like, okay, well, you know. Because there were rumors that she was seeing somebody else. Yeah. But, you know, hadn't broken the news to our boy. So we're like being polite. And Rod is the only one who busts out like, I don't know why you're sitting at this table. Now, you know, yeah. you can go back over there to wherever. Like Rod just totally busted this girl out, and she was just like, "I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna take this tray over well, here." Well, she started it with a, a rant about she wasn't sitting with her other crew of friends because they were being all fake and phony and shit. And I just, I could not fucking take the irony. It's like. <laughs> The, the irony meter was so high that I was just like, the words started spilling out my mouth before I could even think of it. It was just like, oh my god, can you? How can you fucking say that and be who you are? That is ridiculous. Oh god, that was like, I'll never forget that moment because I do believe um, our boy John John choked. Yeah, <laughs> I think he choked at the table. I almost did. I just remember looking up, making eye contact with John John, and then looking at your face. Because you had, you had this, like, almost this little smile, like, finally, I got it off. Yeah, <laughs> 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 feel, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it did, it did feel good. And the thing is, like, I, um, the only real gift that God has given me is that I can pretty much say anything and keep a straight face for, like, a minute. And that was one of those times where I, I really wanted to jump up and just be like, gotcha, bitch. But the only thing, the, 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 my face, it was, it was straight enough. It was just like the only thing left was like a smirk. And I just it bit down and ate my food. But God, it felt so good. Anyway. So she can't recall one thing in particular that, you know, we, uh, that we don't get offended about that most black people do. And that's probably a ton. Yeah. A ton, honestly. I, if I started a list, we wouldn't get done with this show. Um, <laughs> though I'm black, I chucked it up to not having American ancestry. But you guys are American, so now I don't feel so bad. So, <laughs> so a few comments about past shows. There's three of them. Alright, number one. That was a listener who commented on the show how Karen is like some 1950s housewife who just agrees with what her husband has to say. I did not get that impression. 
also felt that she mostly agreed with everything Ra had to say. But and I like the fact that you guys agree on mostly everything. There should be more couples like you other uh, out there, but that's not realistic. Not everyone gets along so well. Not even the best of friends. Keep up the good work and continue to be a good example for other couples out there. For the record, since that comment was made, Karen has been much more vocal, either by agreeing with Rod and his guest host when there is one, giving her point of view on any particular subject, or not being afraid to state when she is confused and ask for further explanation. Oh, did I mention how cute she is? I love her country accent. It, it adds to the. There you go again. Now you got a chick. Karen got all the game. I bring them all in. Player, player. What are you doing on Twitter, girl? How do you only have 300 followers? Subliminal. <laughs> uh, it adds to the hilarity of the show, especially when she gets all riled up. LOL. Um, yeah, for sure, man. I, one, back. I mean, this is a work in progress. Yes, it is. Everything we do is like, hey, we're going back, we're tweaking stuff. We talk about this show when we're off air. We, yes, you we know, do. talk about you guys' comments and your feedback. Yes, we do. And early in the show, you know, I, I think Karen was maybe not as comfortable on the mic and That's true. you know, seeing like what where the show was gonna go because yeah, I, I was just following him, y'all. Yeah, but I mean, yes, we do have a great partnership and friendship, and I think. My faith in that and her faith in that is what leads to, you know, the show getting better. Because it's like, hey, where I'm weak, you'll pick up. Where you're weak, I'll pick up. And we'll get stronger, too. And, um, like, I really think that, you know, we had so many conversations like, hey, you disagree about something. Feel free to say it. And, yeah. I mean, honestly, we just don't. I, I don't know how many times I can say this. We don't really fight that no, much, guys. We don't. we don't really argue like like you guys. Like, if anything... Uh, we'll, we'll talk it out right like we'll ask like well what did you mean by that or but there's just i don't know man it's just like there's a trust there where i just believe that she's not gonna say something crazy with no thought and be reckless and you know we're not gonna insult each other and shit like we don't we just don't play those games and some couples do and that's fine but it's not our dynamic so um but yeah man um anyway second thing I think it was August 19th or September 1st episode. Oh, man. When they start naming dates and episodes, I do not know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I need an example. <laughs> you don't even know which one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so, episode one. <laughs> yeah. Where you talked about the child who contracted herpes from sucking on a used condom oh, while wow. staying in a hotel room. I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that. Now, I agree with mostly everything you said, but, but one. I agree with you that the lady, mother, grandmother, I don't know. I think it was his grandma. Okay. Was stupid to give the evidence to a hotel manager rather than to her attorney. Boo on her dummy. Yes. Yeah, that was dumb. I, can't, I didn't even think about that at the time, but yeah, 100% right. I, she, I don't know what she was doing. Um, I also agree that with the fact that the child becoming ill so soon after the incident indicates something else was going on in that family. They need to check this his booty for <laughs> for intrusion evidence. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, because it, it, I, and, and to an extent I understand because it may sound like there's some other things that's going on and that. But the child is so young, so maybe his immune system just isn't as developed. Like it, it hit him harder than it would, you know. Yeah, I guess I just don't want to believe that he's getting child abuse. But you know, all right, so double whammy. Yeah, yeah. child abuse and herpes. Wow. No, seriously, someone is messing with that child. 
I do agree with you guys that saying that she was being careless for not watching the child close enough. The child is four years old. I helped raise several siblings and cousins, and I know for sure you don't need to keep an eye on a four-year-old all the time. They can use the bathroom, tie their shoe, and eat all by themselves. I can see how she can go take a shower and leave him on the bed while she takes a shower. There isn't anything flammable or chemical in the hotel room that he could get into, and he should know not to stick things into an electrical socket, so he should have been fine. So, I, I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I was, I think Karen was more like, hey, you gotta watch your kid, and I was like, hey, I'm, not really, like, she's just going for a couple seconds. He should guard. I'm like, they need to clean that hotel room. How about yeah, that? Yeah, it was just gross. Like, ugh, I just, honestly, it's so bizarre. I don't want to accuse that grandmom of lying. And I don't know enough about herpes and shit to really <laughs> tell you when you're supposed to get sick and when you will be affected. I mean, because the alternative to this is this grandmother knew her kid had some type of STD probably from some definitely from some sort of sexual abuse decided to check into a hotel room bring a used condom to the management give it to the management and then sue the hotel which i just think is like miami csi bullshit you know wow. like that's it just ratio seems like, should arrest your ass then i'm sorry it seems like way too much to ask uh but i mean i don't know it's just it's sad that we live in a day and age where if you say this is what happened to my kid. The first thing we say is, it's a conspiracy. Child abuse. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and number three, the last point. In the last episode, September 1st, Rod provided yet another reason why he loved his iPhone. Because you can now stream your Netflix on your phone. Yes, sir. Really? Is that necessary? Nope. But I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How is watching a movie on a three to four inch screen desirable? I remember watching movies on a 13 inch TV at college and that was some bull. I would not. <laughs> I agree with her on that yeah. one. I wish I was as lucky as you to not have as many problems with my iPhone. I wasn't too impressed with the iPhone from the jump and haven't been impressed in the four to five months that I've had it. But you and Justin made a good point during the podcast. The iPhone was made for everything other than talking, texting, and timekeeping reasons for which I buy a phone, stupid me. It is not that important for me to play games, check emails, watch movies, listen to music, and read the news all at the same time, anywhere in the world, at all hours of the day. Insert sarcasm here. Kanye shrug. But seriously. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, the drop call, poor reception, terrible battery charge, fragile screen, cracked wind drop. And now not unlocking after a normal day of use has driven me to the point of insanity. She must got the first version. Please pray for the people at the Genius Bar. Don't give me shit about replacing it. And that my replacement is as wonderful as yours. I'll keep you updated on that. Okay, for the iPhone. Listen, I don't really root for brands. Alright, this this would be like me rooting for Nikes, which I paid to wear. Alright? I can give a fuck what kind of phone people have. Honestly, I really... You could be using the first cell phone. You could use the car phone that came with a bag. His dad does. You, oh could, you could have a pager. I really don't give a fuck. Uh, now, you dropping your phone and cracking your screen, that's on you. I had the old iPhone and the new iPhone never crack my screen. When are we going to take some responsibility for our own shit? It ain't like you put it in your pocket and the shit just cracked. You dropped your phone. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to explain that to you. 
I, I don't know they're supposed to be making phones where they're just like, listen, man. And then, like, what other phone are you dropping that ain't cracking? You know what I'm saying? All phone, everybody. You know what? I still have my old flip phone. Mm-hmm. It's been, I've had it for several years now. And it still does good. I, I don't drop it very much, though, but it still does good. It can take a hit every yeah, now and then. I've now. had phones fall apart when they drop to the ground. I put them back together and it kept working. So you got to be pretty <laughs> rough on the phone to crack the screen. The ignition, ain't you? And then um, the other thing that's weird is like uh, when you're like, yeah, well, it does. You can watch Netflix on your phone. Is that necessary? No, it's not. Neither is getting head, but I love it. What's wrong with that? <laughs> What is wrong with that? What it does something extra that a phone don't have to do. And today I talked to Mario for damn near two hours and didn't drop any calls. I know I do live in a major city and maybe it's just my singular experience, but it, I've never had this problem. Me either. You know what I'm saying? I I could come on here and lie to you and make all the jokes about the iPhone that all these comedians making shit and I you know even over exaggerated. I've just haven't had a bad experience, man. I hope you. Get a good phone with your next experience, but um, that to be honest, if it's an iPhone or whatever, I, mean, I don't I've care. Heard a man. lot of people complain about their phones. Not all iPhones, you know, Blackberry, some of the other uh, versions of the phones too. And no, it's not necessary, but it's nothing better than you get bored or you round at a family reunion or you round a bunch of folks you don't feel like talking to. Watch a movie. Yeah, I went to my car. Plug my iPhone into the stereo, mm-hmm. turn up the volume, and listen to this. Uh, watch this vo- documentary about uh, food in it's America. Surround sound. Yeah. So fuck it, man. I, I can't do that with my other phone. So how I'm gonna look that shit and get mad? Anyway, <clears throat> thank you for calling. She says, "Okay, that's enough for now. I would have called, but I've been on vacation since your last show, and as previously stated, my phone won't even unlock, so making calls is not possible at this moment. Uh, but you can imagine how long this voicemail would have been." LOL. Anyway, keep keep having fun. Love you much. And thank you, Tanisha. We really do appreciate it. We man. do. And Karen, your laugh is so awesome. Yes. I wanna <laughs> blow you. <laughs> um Alright, man. Let's do some fucking podcasting. Um uh Ben Roethlisberger, um, he apparently asked for three games in his suspension. He wanted it to get reduced from a potential of six to three. The commissioner said the most he was going to reduce it was the four. He said it earlier, and it did get reduced to four. Okay. And um, do you guys have an opinion on whether it should have got reduced or not, or what? Nishia, go ahead. <sighs> Karen, I'll let you handle this. Oh, in my, in my personal opinion, um, I understand him reducing it, but at the same time, your good behavior or you pretending like you're cured or you're pretending like everything okay does not excuse your inappropriate behavior. Um, it also, I think, has a lot to do with the position that he has. If it had been some position where they can go get another cat off the street, he'd have got suspended the whole time. Ain't no questions asked, no no hands down. You know, they might have reduced it maybe to... I mean, they may even may have reduced it to four. But my thing is this... It's amazing, and not to get off the topic, it's amazing how more people are upset over a dog fight than they are about a woman 
allegedly saying somebody raped her. Now that this is what I personally have the problem with with the whole thing. You got to do with dog fighting, lose millions of dollars, lose endorsements, you know, in his career. And every time his name pops up, y'all people going to constantly throw him out the league. But yet you got somebody that got accused of rape, and everybody wants to you know gloss over and act like it don't happen when more people are affected by this than they are affected by dog fighting. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> to add to that, I mean, and I, first of all, I do think he should add sentence reduced, um, because it, to be fair, he's been a lot less rapey since uh, <laughs> he got in trouble. Like, I, I mean, because at some point, yeah, you got to grow up and you got to stop raping people. You know, yeah. Every man comes to a point in his life where you're like, hey, I used to when I was a child, I did childish things, but now I'm a man. I got to put my childish things behind me. And step into adulthood, and even though he is like 30 years old, maybe this is his time to learn that lesson that, hey, can't be going around just raping people no more. So, I mean, you got to reduce the sentence right there. But um, more importantly, though, is like people's reaction to him is weirding me out. Like yes. when they showed him being allowed to practice and female fans screaming and yelling at him it's like. What don't you get about rape? Like, this dude is, and I'm sorry, I don't, I, look, I, obviously, he is accused of rape, but look, man, OJ's accused of murder, he did that shit. I'm saying, this dude, to me, is probably on some raping shit. It's hard to get falsely accused of rape four times. It's hard. Very hard, and, you know, and I'm not saying that every incident is true. But you got four. One out of four of these is legit. <laughs> yeah. You got you got a seventy five percent chance that one of these bitches is telling the truth. Yeah. I'm sorry. You can't go out and have his behavior and act like every every woman he ever put his dick in his line. Are you serious? Yeah, he got like <laughs> honestly four women that don't know each other have accused you of rape. Don't know each other at all. And I think I think that's where my angle coming in. You mean to tell me Michael Vick came and for like two weeks folks outside with them protesting dog sign. And I know people love the dogs. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to gloss over his behavior. But it is a difference. And it's amazing how people will want to throw you in jail quicker for kicking and shooting a dog than they will for another human life. That That's why I, that's why I drop my personal Heck, you know, Tiger had sex with 19 and 21 different women. Not a single time did he get accused of rape. Yeah, I mean, come on, there's a lot of dudes. Like, it's weird to me to listen to NFL people basically defend his actions and kind of talk around the idea of he's a rapist. Like, you hear these people. First of all, we're talking about what should be a criminal sentence in terms of a game suspension. That's ludicrous. I I laugh every time I think of it. Like it, it's like he's wait. Is he still getting paid um, for these games that he doesn't no, play? No, not the games he doesn't play. Play, oh. but it's just funny to me to like it. You know how many niggas in prison right now wish they could have took a four game suspension. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you were, if like if you were sitting in front of the courtroom and he was like, "Hey man, look, uh, you raped somebody, but here's what we'll do: we'll give you three months unpaid leave from your job and." You just resume that shit. And we're sitting around debating over, no, it should be six months paid leave. No, it should be five months. Like, he's a rapist. You know what yeah. like, wow. I'm like, and, and I guess from 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 just my perspective, it just it just angers me at how 
excuse me, more people are not outraged in general public. And I think, my personal opinion, it all falls into people's love for the sport of football. Yes. I, I don't, I, people don't want to cover this, but yes. people are so in love with football. It's like, you can do whatever you want to do unless I see you hang the body and throw it out the window. I'm not going to say anything. Right. And one of these cases, I'm going to have to convict him in order for anybody to actually really give him a true punishment for what he did. Yeah. So speaking of Mike Vick, can we, um, I gotta say, I am fucking sick of people every time something happens to another NFL player, we gotta talk about Mike Vick. This nigga is not the pillar of upstanding society. This dude was kind of a piece of shit. Now he's good at football and granted he's a one of a time, one of a kind athlete and blah blah blah. That nigga is kind of a piece of shit. He, he like, yeah. I can't keep, people gotta stop defending him. I know we wanna bring up race and we wanna bring up like the public perception and being vilified in the media. But when you vilify a villain, that's not the dude to take the stand for. We promote Mike Vick like he's a persecuted athlete and he's not. Like, he was very arrogant. He overstepped his bounds. He lied to people that he knew was going to be affected by the truth. And he basically, you know, did a lot of the sh- everything he was accused of, pretty much he did. I'm sorry, man. We can't keep pulling him out like he's the one dude. Like, there's so many other people that have probably had hard luck stories. I'm not stepping up for Mike Vick, man. And other people need to stop that shit. I have a blog post. That's all ready to go. I just haven't basically hit send. And it's just about this exact sensitivity of, but what about Mike Vick? What about that nigga? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like, what about T.I.? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a dude that keep getting in trouble. What do you want me to say? That's true. And I guess my my thing about, about, and I think the thing about Ben Rutherford is that the people in the little town was like, hey, we know this happened, but we basically don't have enough evidence. Right. I promise you, if they would have had enough evidence, it would have went to trial. Right. Like someone keep people keep I bringing up. You. Like the problem with the Mike Vick thing is people keep bringing up race. Like they no, keep I, saying they I, keep I, going. Race is well, well, look if Vick, if Mike Vick was white, if Mike Vick was white, he'd be still have went to prison. Yes, sir. If Mike Vick and the same thing with Ben Roethlisberger, if he was black, I wish there was an alternate universe where we could fucking try these theories of exactly. like what is going to what would happen. Yeah, like what are they really believing that a black Ben Roethlisberger is like tased at the club? Beat with nightsticks, taken in, hung by a noose, and it never makes the news. Like, what? What is this alternate reality, man? So, and I brought up Kobe, where I was like, listen, Kobe's an athlete that was accused of rape, and you know, you look into the details of that, and you see how sketchy those accusations were. And yeah. he's a guy that didn't go to trial, paid the lady off, but still. I'm not gambling with my freedom either. But um, paid the lady off, didn't go to prison, has got his endorsement back, lived his life. You know what else? He's a black man. What happened to this crazy racial society where Kobe was supposed to turn into the, you know what I'm saying, this, 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 uh, monster? Yeah. yeah. He was supposed to be media kryptonite. He was supposed to be the bad guy forever. And people are, are more upset that he snitched on Shaq at this point than they are about the accusation of rape. So I think we got to take the race out of it sometimes because we get on a tangent. That when there's a whole lot of other hypocrisy in these things, like Karen was bringing up the outrage to dogs as opposed to women. We're a womanistic, uh, uh, we're a misogynistic society. 
And we we are a lot more comfortable with someone beating up a woman, a lot more comfortable with someone beating up a woman than than, than somebody doing something to a dog, and that's kind of fucking sad. But anyway, <clears throat> uh, speaking of sad, I don't think A and E should uh, be making it okay to laugh at people with mental disorders. Uh, yeah, that show Borders. I don't know if you've seen it. They run the marathon, and people been talking about it all day. That show Hoarders is amazing. It's like talking to a grown kid that got the money to buy stuff and keep it for 50 years. Yeah, Michelle, have you seen this show? I've never seen this show. No, I I didn't know it was that deep. So, I was just like, oh, these people who keep the house with that kind of stuff. Someone wow. told me there's an episode where they found a dude's dead wife underneath a bunch of, like, rubbish. Dead wife? Yes, like, it was a couple who lived in this house. They were hoarding so much. She went missing for, like, two weeks. They went to the news. They were, like, telling everybody, like, hey, my wife's missing. Can you help me find her? So they were cleaning out his house, and they found her. I don't know if that's true or not. I have read that story, but I don't know if they were really on hoarders. But... Supposedly, they had that much dust yeah, that she got shit lost because it, like it collapsed on her, it's, and it's terrible. Mm. You talk about people that can't walk through their homes, can't move through their homes. They got roaches, they got bugs, they got possums. Yeah, they possum. get to the point Ugh. where the where the health, the people that do the health stuff is coming in and shutting their houses down. But like, look, you can't live here. And they got a show too called I haven't seen it. It's called Animal Hoarders. I haven't seen it. And oh man, yeah. you know what? Time to time, you see it on the news. People who have like 53 cats, and all these horses, 14 parakeets, yeah. 10 dogs. It's funny though, because when I first heard it, I assumed that it was about animals who were hoarding shit. Like, uh, yeah, animals <laughs> just go pick up random stuff and bring it back to your house. It's like this possum has had this cookie tin for 12 years. Like, wow. And then somebody's like, no, it's the opposite. I was like, oh, my bad. Damn. Um, but yeah, that's still sad either way. Um, so yeah, A&E, thumbs down. You guys shouldn't be making me laugh at that. Um, if you think about it, pedophiles are really just people who can't wait to take the cake out of the oven. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're the people that eat cookie batter sexually. You know, if you really think about it, their problem is really that they can't wait for it to ripen. So they would rather eat the cookie before it's cooked than after when it's done like everybody else would. Ha, ha, ha. Exactly. Ha. Exactly. Hmm. It was a deep thought I had this week, and I was like, I have to put it on the podcast. Um, don't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to solves, respond to that. Don't think it solves anything with the criminal system or pedophiles, but it is a different way to think about it. Oh, so you said they'd rather eat the cocoa powder versus the real chocolate? Well, no one likes the dude that eats the food before it's done, okay? No one likes that. Because you get sick like that. Yeah, well, no, not just sick. I'm talking about, like, if you eat, like, say you're making cookies, Uh and somebody just sticks a finger in the cookie jar, in the cookie batter, and and eats some. Nobody likes that. Open it with the contaminated eggs, you will get sick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes, uh, it does make people sick. Maybe that's how that kid got herpes. Um, why don't people uh, remember the good fans of the teams that they hate? You ever notice that? Like, I hate Carolina. All their fans suck. You know, I was there one time and I was walking on campus and one of their fans spit on me. 
And you're like, okay, what about the other thousands of people there that didn't do anything to you? That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have one asshole fan in the ranks of the teams you root for. There's no one dude. Like, I'm going to start telling people stuff. Like, when they go, because I'm a Carolina fan and I'm an Eagles fan. Um, So, whenever people start telling me stuff like, yeah, man. I went to the Eagles uh, link to the link, and uh, I was there in my Cowboys jersey, and a dude spilled soda on me. I'm gonna be like, you know what? A Cowboys fan raped my mother. Yep, for no reason. <laughs> didn't did he was wearing a Cowboys jersey? It was uncalled for. I I told him, what are you doing? He just said, how about the Cowboys? And ran off. And <laughs> I haven't seen y'all ever since. Like, come on, dude. I'm wearing the fucking Tario jersey. Am I an asshole? Are you telling me I'm an asshole? No? Well, then calm the fuck down, man. Jesus. Alright, man. So, we saw some movies this week. Yes, we did. We saw Despicable Me. Yes. It was cute. Despicable um, Me. It was really cute. It was a little too cute. Um, Like, it, it got so cute by the end, man. It was just ridiculous. Oh, I liked it. And nobody can adopt okay. kids that fast. Like, he was just adopting kids, giving them back, taking them back. I know gay people was mad as hell watching that movie. <laughs> you could just walk in and get them. Like, come on, dog. That is not how it works, man. They don't even do background checks or nothing. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, it was cute. Now, I did like it, but, you know, I'm a man. So I had to go see Machete. Uh, yes, I want to know how that is. I want to see it. That was great. And and, and and it was not great and it was a good movie great but great and it was hilarious great it is was it like is it like this because I was talking about this with the boyfriend you know he's Latino mm-hmm. and we had just finished watching Black Dynamite yeah. yeah and then we saw a preview for Machete and and just before the preview rolled and it, and we had seen Black Dynamite he was like man how come there's no like Latino black exploitation film and I was like sorry baby you guys gotta come up a little more it was and, this is it yeah this and, is and we were like and then when we saw it I was like there you go baby that's your Latino exploitation yes every stereotype too they they cover them all from the taco stands to the legal immigration they get it all in you yeah they even have uh. They 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 have so many like uh, cliches yes. of bad movie cliches. It is now listen, listen. I know Karen said it was great. Listen to me, okay? I'm the I'm the one <laughs> I get love, the movie advice from. Love Karen loves job. everything. Karen <laughs> doesn't hate anything. She's a lover, that, not a fighter. Now there are some stuff that does suck. Now the only thing I know that Karen really just disliked was that Tom Hanks movie where he's like trying to be some type of detective. What was the name oh, of that movie? What the hell is the that? The sequel is Angels and Demons. I don't know what the first yeah, one was. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. Da Vinci Code. Yes. Oh, da Vinci that Code. was the worst movie ever. Oh, God. But, but listen, boring. that's... We go to the movies like... Machete, Machete. We go to the movies every week. Yeah. That's the one movie she's hated in like 15 years. <laughs> and okay? I really hate it, y'all. So, alright. Machete. This movie is good if... You're the kind of person that laughs at bad movies. Yes. And what I mean by that isn't that the movie is bad, but just that it purposely seeks out that type of laughter. Okay? They are making a conscientious effort. Almost like um, The Last Dragon is now. Like how you laugh at The Last Dragon now. But at the time, they didn't know it was going to be like that. Well, these are people know this movie is going to be like that. Yes. So there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek laughs. There's a lot of... Uh, just like one-liners and things that are are almost awkwardly bad to the point where you have to laugh. Yes. 
We watched it with a great audience. Everyone laughed at everyone was cracking up at the right times, which yeah, I yeah. thought was amazing. You almost yeah. never get a whole audience of people like that. Yes, and, and also the, the best part of the movie was that I almost felt like we was in an audience full of us, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because people like knew who the people were and would start making comments about the people. Yeah. It was like it wasn't us like black people, but no. us like they people knew. who listen to this podcast type us. Like, yeah. Like people that saw Steven Seagal and just cracked the fuck up immediately yes. at Steven Seagal <laughs> oh playing He's in this movie? Yes. yes. He's playing a Mexican okay. drug lord. Wow. Now, I'm not giving away any shocks or surprises, yeah. but he's playing a Mexican drug lord. If that, if that right there, what I just said, if that made you laugh, you would like this movie. You would love this. If movie. the idea of Steven Seagal playing a Mexican drug lord, no explanation needed, that then you'll like this movie. If you're the kind of person that goes, what the fuck, Steven Seagal's not Mexican, don't go see this movie. Please don't. That's the best recommendation recommendation I can give. All right. Let's do some articles. Okay, cool. All right. So Karen sent me this article about CEOs, uh, and it's called "Stuff in Their Pockets." So it's probably a biased uh, article. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> kind of is, but it was very informative. <laughs> I will say CEOs do not come out looking good in this one. My guess. All right. Um, one of the most startling things about the post-crisis landscape is how tone deaf the wealthiest Americans remain to the outrage over the. Croesus? C R O E S U S? I don't even know what mm, that's. That's above my pay grade. You yeah, gotta be a CEO to understand that yeah, one. Pay grade 10. Wow. Croesus like packages. The award for complete obliviousness would have to go to Blackstone co founder Steven Schwartzman, who earlier this summer compared government attempts to raise taxes on financiers such as himself to Hitler's invasion of Poland. Silver medals. <laughs> Silver medal should certainly be handed out to the many executives and corporate lawyers who were grousing, uh, grousing last week about the new Dodd-Frank bill, which includes a rule requiring companies to disclose the difference in pay between their chief executive and their lowest level workers. It would be a logistical nightmare. These titans of industry wealth. Oh, they're lying. I can tell you for a fact that's such a lie. <laughs> All it takes is an accountant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. yes. I mean, and actually, you got to find two people, right? <laughs> to do this Bingo. equation, you literally have to find two people. I can do this equation. Who makes the least? Oh, the janitor's making six ninety five. Who makes the most? Oh, you make a million dollars a year. Bam, there's your ratio. Um. Anyway, for the firms to compile this information. Well, maybe, but if you issue pay stubs, surely you can tally them up and perhaps keep a few more workers on board to do just that. The real nightmare will be when the public sees the numbers, which will illuminate just how egregious the U.S. pay gap has become. According to the, according to the Institute for Police Studies, a liberal think tank based in Washington. What is a liberal think tank? And why is that like a thing? I don't. It's called the police studies? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's called the, uh, let me see what it's called. The policy studies. I might have. Oh. Uh, according to the Institute for Policy Studies, a liberal think tank in Washington, it just seems like a weird thing to call something. Like, well, you know what that is. You know what a think tank is. Right? No. What is um, that? Just those are just groups. Like, if it says liberal or conservative, that means that conservative millionaires or, or people throw money at these groups to provide research that that. That supports whatever ridiculousness they believe. In. That's ridiculous. So basically, you're paying. I mean, not all the time. There are some that are reputable, but for the most part, they're paying these researchers or scholars at a quote 
think tank to be like, okay, we're conservative. This is what we this is what we stand for. Yada yada yada. You find the research that supports that claim. Ah, okay. Well, the average S and P 500 CEO takes home 263 times what his cheapest laborer does. That's a lot of money. Yes, sir. While the CEO pay is indeed down from its pre-crisis highs in 2007, it's still double what it was in the 1990s and eight times what it was in the 1950s. Meanwhile, American workers are taking home less in real weekly wages than they did in the 1970s. So much took for the idea for that the financial crisis would somehow even things up by wiping out a good chunk of paper wealth of the plutocrats. Indeed. Stock prices have surged so much since last year that many CEOs who receive a good chunk of their pay in equity are wealthier than ever before. Yeah. I I mean, I guess I'm not reading the rest of this, but it's kind of hard for me to relate because one, I don't really root against CEOs, but I don't really root for the motherfuckers either. Like, it's one of those, like, I don't know, you just grow up knowing that the whole system is rigged, so it's just more like when you bring it break out the numbers it's always gonna look bad for them you know and i don't and i'm not saying that it shouldn't look bad but just you know i I just don't have the anger in me to get mad at the fact they make money to me it's like getting angry at an athlete for making a lot of money to me those dudes figured out how to beat the system somehow and and not only that uh i I do understand you know people getting mad about difference in pay but like sometimes i have to tell some of my co-workers I said, you got to realize your errors and your mistakes can get fixed. Mm-hmm. I can go in the system and change your errors. The errors they make, folks lose their jobs. Stock prices fall. Like, like, like the errors have more weight and clout to the company's survival. I think what, the thing that bothers me is I don't like to get played, right? I don't like to get played. That article is trying to play me. It, that article wants me to get upset at the fact they make so much money and not really what they do. Like, yeah, they do do a lot. Now. Like, if you're gonna, not even their job, but like, if you want me to be mad at somebody, you need to show me something they've done that I disagree with. Okay. I don't really disagree with getting as much money as you can. And I really, you know, like if that ain't the American dream, then fuck it. I must have been in the wrong country for a long time. (laughs) Like, so I don't like my thing is like I don't like it at the expense of of people losing jobs. Yeah, like that um, definitely does. Like for example, like and I hate to call out a company, but let's say this. Well, we'll use example of Target. Remember when it came out that they gave money to an anti-gay group and that came out and people were able to make the choice with their dollars whether or not they're going to shop there i will tell you this at some prominent companies when you're a corporate they encourage you to give to certain groups that they support corporately and it's not it and they even break down how much if you're at this level you should get this much if you're at this level you should get this much and it's no one is going to say this unless they they come out or get fired or something but I will tell you, Rod, do not give them as much credit as you do. That's yeah, I'm not saying. like this. That's the thing. It's like I don't really support them or take away from them. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that they're not scum, and I also don't think they're scum for making money. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, if 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 me getting mad and there was like something I could do that would change it, I think I would get kind of upset. Or if there was just some plan that we had it, to fix this shit. 
But every plan that you have goes against all these values that we're supposed to have in the free market. Like, okay, why don't we limit what they can make? Oh, now everybody's bitching about that. And you got poor people that will never see money in their life bitching about a rich person getting his salary limited because his fucking company took loans from the government, you know, or faced bankruptcy. And, you know, like, people are just so backwards on this thing that I just can't get the emotional energy that get upset anymore. And I, I feel kind of bad, like I'm letting people down by not getting mad, but this shit is not going to do anything for me, man. I'm sorry. Uh, so, speaking of letting people down, this is a, a really sad story. But it's kind of a happy story, too. Okay. Oh, God. Brides till death do us part story was false, husband says. He disputes wife's claims that she was dying. Oh. Michael O'Connell preferred to pretend that they were only... There was only today and to forget that his wife's cancer would probably kill her in less than a year. That's the way he used to think. I had to prepare for her to die, O'Connell said. Now O'Connell says his wife, Jessica Vega, had pretended. Say she had terminal leukemia in order to scam him. (gasps) Everyone they knew. (laughs) Everyone they knew and a long list of strangers who heard her story and wanted to help. O'Connell and Vega were featured in the April 26th in the Times Herald record story about the many people who had come together to organize a dream wedding while the bride was still strong enough to walk down the aisle. The story prompted dozens of others to help the 23-year-olds and their baby daughter in the week leading up to their May 2nd wedding. The strangers had donated everything from Vega's dress to wedding photos. For the couple's honeymoon, they flew on donated plane tickets to Aruba, where they stayed in a donated timeshare and spent donated money. O'Connell's Whoa. O'Connell said recently that it was all based on a lie. Vegas health hadn't gotten any worse, and he he believes she never had a terminal illness. O'Connell insisted a letter from Dan Dr. Dan Costin that described her diagnosis was a fake. When I was reported when I was reporting the April 26th story, Vega showed me the letter to verify her diagnosis. Now O'Connell had invited me to listen in when he called Costin's Westchester office and asked about Vega's medical records. Never a patient here was the response. <gasps> so he didn't know either. The doctor didn't even know her. She wasn't no, his her patient. husband didn't know. Oh, according to this, he didn't know. Wow. I don't know about that. I want to know why he he's shouting her out now. What is she trying to leave him now? He's like, oh yeah, you think he going? Oh, it's gonna get better. You know it. You know there's more to this shit, right? Okay. <laughs> I haven't even read this, and I there's got to be more. Um, wow. He hadn't wanted to look at Costin's letter before, and Vega had said in April that she kept it hidden to make life easier for him. O'Connell said he now wished he checked out the letter sooner. At his mother's house in Walden, he switched on the speakerphone and dialed Costa's number. A receptionist transferred O'Connell to an administrator who sounded exasperated to hear from him again. I can tell you for sure this person was never a patient here, the woman said, adding that she didn't want to keep receiving his calls. O'Connell hung up and pumped his fist. Yes, I did it, he said. O'Connell is pumped. <laughs> Where's Jersey Shore at, you know? Uh, O'Connell then beat the beat back. Uh, O'Connell has said that he's glad to think Vega was lied, will live, but he is candidly bitter about being duped. He hit redial on the phone so I could hear the greeting on Costin's automated calling system. 
I copied down the phone number and checked it against the one I had for Costin. The numbers matched. Vega had been hard to reach. I called her for several days before overhearing the conversation with Costin's administrator. She hadn't responded to messages left on the cell phone, her father's phone, or her email. Her mother, Diana Vega, did answer a letter call. Jesse would never do something so manipulative, Diana Vega said, and agreed to pass on a message to her daughter. So what, she bounced? Um, well, she won't answer people's calls, which is kind of shady if you didn't do anything. Say that again. Right? If I didn't scam you, why why wouldn't I pick up the phone? Oh, you talking about lawsuits, man. There are people that sue the hell out of her. They donate all that stuff and you ain't sick. You know how many people really are sick? Well, 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 how would anybody know? Like, why is the husband telling this story? Like, what happened? Let's see. Jessica Vega called the next day. And she said she had not lied about her diagnosis or the letter, although she now doubted that their accuracy. She said she had a new doctor in the Bronx and he was getting better and was getting better away from O'Connell by eating fresh food, exercising and drinking nothing but water and tea. So now she's uh, all better. And a vegan? Mm. Yeah. She promised to let me tag along on her next doctor's visit when she was due to have a white blood cell count taken. Vega was unhealthily was unhealthy living with uh was huh Vegas was unhealthy living with O'Connell and left because he was physically abusive. She said, "I don't think he really wants to go down that route of me exposing him." She said, "Wow, <laughs> so now we're setting this abuse." Yeah, they exposing each other. I guess. I guess he came out and said she was faking. He's like, listen, I know that you're not sick. It's been a year. You're not dead. I'm beating you every day. You keep surviving. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. Come clean. <clears throat> O'Connell said previously that she had bitten Vega on the elbow once. Oh, that he'd bitten Vega on the elbow once when they were living in Yonkers. He said that he was trying. Wait. So they're from New York. They're from the city. Yeah. So she's from the Bronx. The doctor's in the Bronx. She's from. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's all I need to know. He said he he said he was trying to escape her headlock at the time, but it still led to his arrest and a temporary restraining order against him. She also he he also he said he also slapped her during a fight at their Montgomery apartment before they separated. He claimed he claimed Vega had torn up his car, punched him in the face that day because he was kicking her out. I slapped the fire out of her, O'Connor said. Ah, oh, that's a fire. <laughs> oh my God. That's not like with a, with a parent tell their kid, I smacked the fire out of you, boy. So, uh, no trip to the doctor is the title of this last paragraph. After the conversation <laughs> with uh, Costin's administrator, I called Vega, told her that I had heard and what I'd heard and asked her again if the letter was real. I really did receive it, she said. It came in the mail. I reminded her that she told me in April that Costa had typed the note in front of her and handed it to her. Vega paused. I guess I did not do that. And asked to clarify, she paused again, then said he did type it in front of her, but he also sent it in the mail. Wow. Get your lie straight. Hmm. She said he could. we could still go see her doctor in the Bronx. I agreed to go. But said I also wanted to see Costin. She agreed and promised to send a text message with the Bronx doctor's address as soon as she hung up. The text message didn't come after she hung up and it didn't come the day after that or the day after that. Of course. On the day that we were to visit the Bronx doctor, she sent a text message saying she just received her divorce paper and had to cancel the blood test. I have to meet up with my doctor instead. Hope you understand that settling my divorce is more important 
at Tagacy. Oh, I had to meet up with my lawyer instead. My bad. I think doctor, what a minute. Yeah. So instead of she said, Look, this is more important than your fucking article. I gotta go get divorced. Uh the only other messages she said in that week that followed were about preventing an article and legal consequences. Uh there were no more so she threatened them not to release this article or there would be legal consequences. There was there were no more plans for doctor visits. O'Connell said she would fight for full custody of their daughter in the divorce. He's now consumed with preparing for a future and he had tried not to think about for so long. Life as a single parent. So basically, man, he was just first of all, should he have always been prepared for life as a single parent? He's beating the crap out of her? No, because she was supposed to die in a year. He married her with the idea you will be dead in a year. Right? Like, so why would he go, but I can't imagine being a single parent. Dude, that was kind of your deal. <laughs> like he knew what time it was. He fretting like he didn't know she was scamming them folks. Yeah, I think they. This sounds like a shady couple. Just period. Yeah, you yeah. know, who do you want to believe, the abuser or the liar? I lied about cancer. Like I don't know. Mm. Alleged drug deal ends in assault. Iowa City police ah. said a drug dealer turned a drug deal turned violent when a man asked the dealer for change. Can I get a rib? Just one rib. I just want one crack. I ain't got enough for the thousand dollar bill. Can you break that? <laughs> I just want ten cracks. I got nine dollars for your ass. Um, <laughs> police charge Sidney Jermaine McVeigh Jr. 19. Uh, and they give his address. With assault causing bodily injury at 5.48 p.m. Saturday his apartment building. According to police reports, McVeigh and another person were receiving money from a male during a drug transaction. The buyer gave McVeigh too much money and asked for his change back. But McVeigh refused. <laughs> that is not one place where you want to fuck up the change. Right? Get out again. Before getting your crack, guess you might want to get exact change. That's all I'm saying. A verbal altercation escalated into a physical attack with McVeigh and his friends striking the person in the face, which caused lacerations before McVeigh fled the scene. While officers were on the scene, McVeigh was spotted by a witness and arrested. So this nigga was still on the scene. He didn't flee the scene. Ah, ah, he didn't run away. Idiot. He, was, he really took that. They always returned to the scene of the crime thing, literally. Yes. He's he never gonna, left the scene of the crime. What? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to go up the block and just chill and watch it. Uh, McVeigh did not have a listed phone number and could not be reached for comment. Of course not. Uh, they should. Uh, all I'm saying is carry exact change, man. You know what I'm saying? You cannot go to the drug dealer and be like, hey, man. I need that in five ones, uh, a, a five and three quarters. It's not gonna happen. Ah, uh, you think they gotta tell us? Mm-mm. The great R word debate. Is it ever okay to say? What's the R word? Mm-hmm. Let's find out. As if the nation weren't already shaken by Dr. Laura's wildly racist rant in August 2010, Jennifer Aniston had to go and rock the boat even more by using the word retard. Oh. In an interview just a week later. Yes, I play dress up. I do it for a living. Like a retard. She joked on live with Regis and Kelly on August 19th. The audience laughed, but many people around the country failed to see the humor in her self-deprecating comment. That's because she used a word that almost always <laughs> is almost always divisive and contentious as the N-word. Nigga, please. Really? 
And she was talking about herself. It's not like she was coming out and talking against people with retardation. I mean, come on. Let's just, first of all, this work. I mean, as a potential, like, if I was a potential employer of her, I was like, I would be like, so you're calling yourself, like, right. you don't think you can act for me? Yeah, yeah like, that would be for us. Like, as far as that goes, I mean, she could say whatever she wants. But I'm like, why are you deprecating? Now I may not cast you as the lead in that movie. And retard is a word. Like, the retard is a word that actually does not have to be a divisive word. No. Like, there's other things. Like, you can say, like, this retarded her growth. Or, you know, yeah. it, it, like, whatever. Like, it doesn't have to be. It is a word. It is a term. It is, yeah. it is you know. Nigga, it is nigga is not a term. Like, you can't just be, there's no other way to use nigger. nigger and be like, yeah. and be like, yeah, I'm not referring to black people in some way, shape, or form in a derogatory way. But whatever. I'm, I'm not even offended by any of this shit. I'm not offended by the R word or the N word, really. Wow. We um, got all these imaginary words. What's but I just know they ain't on the same. See, that's the thing. That's the example. Remember that girl was talking about y'all don't get offended at some things that most black people would? Yeah. yeah. That's the example. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's not that important to me. And I didn't know. Uh, the word retard or retardation, I got feminists with this, but it's just for the fact that I'm not going to get outraged because she said it on reasons and yeah, You're only as fucking vulnerable as you are sensitive. Like, yeah. if you're going to be sensitive to this word, then it will haunt you forever. And that's kind of the lesson you got to learn about a lot of this shit is like, listen, if you want to stay in that place where one word can ruin your life, ruin your day, fuck you up. Then you're gonna stay in that place, but you gotta at some point you gotta grow some balls, man. All right, anyway, um, and the audience laughed because it was funny. So I don't yes, even, it's, I don't you know, it's not it. like she was saying it in a malicious way. It's not like she was saying right. it in a derogatory way. Not like those dummies at the at the Today Show won't laugh at anything. But I'm just saying they still <laughs> laugh. But um, anyway, by what most people agree. Hey, that's Regis and Kathy Lee, not just Today Show. Oh, same thing. Uh, do they stand outside with signs and shit at that show or not? Is that one of those ones? We have, oh, I messed up. It's Regis and Kelly. Excuse me. Uh-huh. Um, Kathy Lee used to be a few years ago, and yeah, she's she's doing her thing now. She's pretty. We don't took we don't took Kathy Lee. It's Kathy Lee and Hoda now. So so, so listen, really. is this one of those shows where people stand outside for any reason, like concerts, anything like that? No, they pick on them on the soup all the time. No, you think of these are the these, this is a show where SNL always shows them drinking like wine or champagne, and they just get outrageous. Okay, it's like forty year old girls gone wild. Okay, well first. First of all, I don't watch SNL anymore. That show is terrible. But second of all, <laughs> second of all, any show that requires you to stand outside in lines or hold signs. I mean TRL, Winter Six Apart, the day today show, it's all garbage. Don't you do yourself a favor, cut that shit off. Anyway, um because she used the word so blah blah blah. But while most people agree on the absolute inappropriateness inappropriateness of the N-word, the public is surprisingly divided on whether or not it's okay to say retard or retarded pejoratively. Just look at the respo- response to Anderson's offhand remarks. Plenty have called her insensitive and demanded everything from a public apartment apology from a public apology to a boycott of her movies. But a sizable number of other people say it's not a big deal. No, it's not. They argue that the word in noun and adjective form doesn't mean what it used to. And that it has nothing to do with the intellectually disabled anymore. No. But does that make it okay? 
Um, it probably does have something to do with the intellectually disabled. Like, let's not lie. Okay. I'm just feeling like if you're if you're mentally retarded, you're not acting right. in any form. That's what you are. Yeah. You know. I feel like if you take it that way, it is a little insulting. They're not acting that way. That's what they are. Yeah, I just feel like people have gotten more sensitive over time. Like it's it's like I say with that one example, you can't make some of the movies that were made in the seventies today. You can't even do some of the cartoons that we can see as children today. Like yes. a lot of them have, I, I, you know, a lot of Tom and Jerry and all those cartoons have been re-edited so much where they would do black well, face. I, I don't even know that that's necessarily a bad thing because some of what they were doing wasn't even trying to be funny. It was just simply okay. racist. Okay. I mean, like yeah. I'm talking about actual comedy, not okay, not just straight racism. I, I get that you shouldn't. I I agree. You should not be as racist today as you were, and I still think it is a good thing to err on the side of caution it's better to be a little too uptight about the English language and what words are offensive than it is to just let everything fly I get that but at the same time you couldn't make a ton of those movies now because we are so uptight and that as as a person who dabbles in comedy a little bit that is kind of like weird to me um anyway retard and retarded are so often used in conversations that the Special Olympics and Best Buddies International teamed up in 2009 to spread the word to end the word campaign. Asking people to pledge not to use the R word ever again. It's like the NAACP trying to bury the N word. Oh yeah. yeah. How can that term that's so emotionally loaded for some become an acceptable part of vernacular for others? I don't know. And I really don't. I just feel like use the word properly in its proper context. I just... I mean, I don't have anything against what's the name, Rachel from Friends, yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Um, but I'm like, use it in its proper context, you know. But she was just trying to be funny, self-deprecating. But yeah. I'm sorry, retarded people aren't acting that way. That's how they are. Yeah, it's like when Obama went on TV and said he bowled like somebody in the Special Olympics, and people had an outrage for a couple minutes and they forgot about it. But it's one of those like, yeah, you probably could have picked a better word. But I'm still on the side of who gives a fuck. Like, it's one, like if it was the N word, that shit would never go away. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you went on TV and said, <laughs> and say, I vote like a bunch of niggas in Timberlands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would never go away. We would have had some issues. Like, they would still be talking about, look, I would said nappy headed hoes, and it, I, I still remember him more for that than anything he's I- done. Like, it's, racism is a different type of stick, man. It sticks on you. Um, Butts arrested in boob murder case. Potter Township in Center County. Police have arrested a third person in connection with the murder of Samuel Boob. Boob was shot and killed at his home in Potter Township, Center County, on August 23, 2009. Kermit Butts, 26, of Madisonburg, is accused of driving the suspected killer to and from the crime scene on the morning of the killer. On the morning of the killer. Yeah, boy. He was charged with aggravated. You guys need to grow up. <laughs> I am talking about a serious murder crime here, and you're acting like a bunch of R words. <laughs> a bunch of R and N words. <laughs> Going down the list, ain't we? Get it right. He was, he was charged with aggravated assault and assisting a murder suspect and, pla- and placed in the Center County Prison. Police believe that Butts drove Ronald Hellchell. Oh man, he fucked up the whole bat- the last name thing. To the boob home. 
and picked him up later in the day, August 23, 2009. Police believe Hellchild shot Sam Boo twice with the shotgun, once for each boob, I guess, and killed him. Hellchild was charged with first-degree murder. The victim's wife, Miranda Boo, so I guess these boos weren't together at the time of the shooting. Wow, I gotta hate that. <laughs> oh, God. So many jokes. <laughs> is accused of working with Hellshell to have her husband killed. Wow. Dang. One boo. Murderous boo. Yes. <laughs> One boo was, was working against the other boo. Wow. Boo fight. Boo fight. I hate when that happens, man. Uh, police say that they have text messages that were sent between her and Hellshell. Proving that the two were working together to kill Samuel. She was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. Wow. You think when they shot him that, you think milk came out of silicone? I don't know. <laughs> if you know I, how big they were. If I, oh man, I wasn't gonna talk about this dude, but this story's old, but this Chinese dude shot up Discovery Place or was kidnapping people at Discovery Place. Yeah. I mean, Discovery Channel. Same thing. Um. Regina King blasts the Emmys for being white as ever after they mistake her for Regina Wesley. Longtime actress Regina King uh, shared how she really felt about the 62nd Annual Primetime Emmy Awards in an open letter. According to her, not only did they publish pictures of an actress, Regina Wesley, and say it was her, but they also snubbed black actors over the years with no sign of improving ahead. In Regina's letter, she begins by addressing the obvious. When it comes to minorities on the small screen, something is not right in Hollywood, she wrote. Um, and if you're wondering, Retina Wesley is the girl who plays on uh, True Blood. Yeah. That plays Tara. His friend. Yeah, they don't even look alike. Aww. And no Sorry. offense to her, but she's she, best friend. Not, not, no offense to her, but Retina Wesley looked kind of strong. You know what I'm saying? No, no offense. I mean, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. But she's kind of strong for a woman, is all I'm saying. Uh, since the Emmy ceremony, I have been going back and forth about whether or not I should compose this letter. I try hard in my daily life not to engage in uncomfortable situations regarding race. Okay, listen. Um, I, I, I'm going to read the rest of this, and I really do like Regina. But come on, man. Come on, nigga. You are the voice of Riley and Huey Freeman on the Boondocks. You have been in a whole lot of racial movies. You were in higher learning. Come on, don't, don't bullshit a bullshitter. Now, I'm sure you got a good point, but you can't start off with a lie. Like, I try not to engage in uncomfortable situations regarding race. Word, like when you say jail nigga, you gay, or you, like, you can't <laughs> say the shit that is said on the boondocks, which is a show that's all about the uncomfortable situations regarding race. And then turn around and be like, yeah, I try to avoid that. Except when I'm getting a check, nigga. Anyway, but sometimes it's very difficult to find other reasons that better explain why certain events play out the way they do. It is impossible for me to ignore the published statistics regarding the number of people of color mentioned, celebrated, or honored in the history of tele the televised Emmys. Up to and including this year, there have been only 53 non-white actors nominated for Emmys, but out of nearly a thousand possible nominations in the top four acting categories for drama and comedy. So, that is a pretty low percentage. Um, and you gotta wonder how much of that is also reflected in the opportunities for minorities. That's true too now. Cause like, what are you gonna do? Reach and just start promoting black people for nominations just because they black, even if it's only like, well, there's only 10 of them this year. 
Give all ten of them another domination. So you gotta wonder, you know, it, it's recently has gotten more diverse though, so maybe, you know, in recent years she might have a really good point. Um, I worked in television nearly all my professional life, starting in two two seven. She didn't say that, <laughs> and that statistic is quite sobering to me. And add, and to add injury to my already sensitive nerve endings, a picture of Regina Wesley from True Blood, who attended this year's Emmys, had a caption that read, Regina King enters the 62nd Emmys. <laughs> no, I wasn't there. Dang. That really goes into the all niggas look alike scenario, don't it? <laughs> Somebody snapped the picture and was like, here you go, baby, check it. She says, no, I wasn't there. Mistakes happen, right? Well, after a few mistakes of how people of color are portrayed in Hollywood media, I decided it was important to say something about how things go down in Hollywood. Regina went on to chide the Emmys for failing to include longtime minority actress Aliana Reed in the memoriam of great contributors contributors to television. Reed played opposing Regina on 227 as the family friend Rose and spent 12 years as Gordon's friendly wife on Sesame Street. She died of cancer late last year. I didn't even know she died. Me either. Uh, Rose was the the wise, cracking, sassy old woman that always looked out the uh, out the window, right? Mm-hmm. Being nosy. All right. Yeah, the first floor lady. Mm-hmm. I see black people. We need people like that. What happened to those people in our neighborhoods? They still exist. They used to be like, I'll tell your mama you out here selling crack, Jerome. And he's like, oh, damn. <laughs> Put the crack up. No, I ain't got no change. Get off me, nigga. And he beat his ass. Um, <laughs> other black actors were also snubbed by the Emmys this year. However, the snubs didn't come as a shock, just considering the fact that the previous critically acclaimed series, The Wire, which also boasted a mostly African American cast, only earned two nominations during its six-year run. Now that's amazing. The Wire is literally the best TV show of all time. I can't believe it only got two nominations in six years. That's you know what I got to tell you something about that. What? I've never seen The Wire. Yeah, you fucking up. Now, we friends, so I, I feel like this is your first opportunity to go out and find a wire, because I, you know, I do not give out praise like that just wantonly. That is literally the best TV show of all time. And I do want to see it. It's just that I don't, I don't know what was going on, but for, for whatever reason, I never watched well, it. Well, I kind of envy you, and it's like you're going to get to watch it back to back and back, like, because once you watch it, you will be addicted. Is that... Like, it's not like, oh, the first episode, now I'm addicted. It's just one of those, like, the plotting and the pace and the narrative and the integrity of the story. And especially as a black person, you will fucking, you will be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it took so long for a story like this to air. Where it talks about the complexities of trying to fix a broken city and what people are trying to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, oh, it's beautiful. All right. Hustling height over McDonald's menu change. What would seemingly be an issue of capitalism and supply and demand in any other city or any other neighborhood in San Francisco has instead morphed into another battle between merchants and the homeless in the Heights Ashbury neighborhood. Uh-oh. The McDonald's at the corner of Height and Stayin' Streets eliminated its dollar menu about a month ago. What? That's about the dollar menu? What happened to dollar millionaires, dog? I know. About I, hope, I hope they'll make that country wide because you know a lot of folks won't be going out to eat then. <laughs> you got to go to Wendy's across the street. Oh no. 
about a month ago making the items on it too expensive for people to spend the better part of their day on the sidewalk in front that's why they did it it's probably just that one location too street pe- street people who for years have depended on mcdonald's to eat say it's become a de facto sit lie ordinance but the franchise owner says he's just trying to make a little extra money it's a fight over 50 cents plus tax <laughs> I like that. <laughs> they had the they had the uh, comment in there, so I wanted to add dramatic effect. You used to be able to get a 390 calorie McDouble for 99 cents, says Nicholas Newhart, a 29 year old with a Confederate flag tattooed on the back of his head. You guys are losing me right now. I don't know if he thought this was helping him. I don't know what this, yeah, is this article supposed to have me supporting them or not? I don't know. We'll see. Let's continue. Because I feel like not supporting them already. You're homeless, you eat McDonald's all day, and you got Confederate flags on the back of your head. We don't hang out in the same circles anyway. (laughs) Um, Without the dollar menu, it now costs a dollar and 49 cents. I was about to say a hundred and forty nine dollars. A hundred and forty nine cents, which is a lot to a homeless person. Um, also, I don't like that this homeless dude knew how many calories is in the McDonald's. Like, what kind of... There's a certain level of homelessness you need to be at where you can give a fuck about calorie counting, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you shouldn't be walking. He ain't got nothing but time, but look at that menu while he's sitting out. He's <laughs> flipping his paper over. You know they got that stuff on the side now. I gotta check my waistline. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ooh, I'm putting on a couple. I might have to cut back to just the regular to the regular one one burger. Uh, and I also don't understand how... um he hasn't used this talent and put it to good use. Like, he should stand beside the McDonald's menu when people are ordering and tell them how many calories their meal is. If he's, you know. But, ooh. You don't need that. You don't need that other burger. You know that's 1,590 calories for all that shit you just ordered, right? Oh, yeah. A person. You gonna get ketchup, too? Mm, 1,600. Um, <laughs> like, how old are you? Yeah, you look like you should probably be consuming maybe... 2600 calories a day okay if you want to lose that gut 2400 tops so you should cut back anyway let's borrow a dollar um <laughs> while the price increase may seem trivial for newhart and his colleagues it, it can mean the difference between eating and going hungry bullshit many homeless think taking away the dollar menu is the restaurant manager's ploy to get them to go somewhere else management locks the bathroom doors and frequently calls the cops on top of that why are they acting like the manager is the bad guy here? No, y'all probably going there dirty. I'm not trying to be funny. Dirtying up their stuff. Running their customers away. is paying full price for everything. We all want to help the homeless, right? We Okay, we all agree. But there but, are places around the city that are designed for this. Not just that, but at, where have you ever been where you were like, Oh, you know which McDonald's we should go to? The one with all the homeless people loitering around it. Yeah. Yes, that's where I like to go I sit in the sales probably plummeted, man. Let's go get our kids out of school and they can play in the McPlay pens while the homeless people beg for dollars outside. No, yeah, no right. one's down with this. No. Mm-mm. The speculation as to why I no longer offer the dollar menu for this one for one dollar in this location is absolutely false. First of all, you can't call it the dollar menu. Uh, oh, offer menu items for one dollar. Okay. Uh, she said in a statement vetted by McDonald's corporate office, this was a business decision based on a number of contributing factors. And while these items are no longer available for a dollar, they are available at what I believe to be a good everyday value, unless you're homeless. Yep. 
Um, franchise owners frequently change prices on certain menu items in response to customer demand. The, the consumer price index and other factors, Julie Winger said. Marketing director for McDonald's Pacific Sierra region said in a statement. Still, people like Newhart, who moved from Tennessee to the streets of San Francisco five years ago, say they are often hungrier than usual. Yeah, man, it sucks, he said Thursday while sitting uh, foodless on the McDonald's patio with half a dozen hungry friends. Wow, they still hanging out this joint even though they can't. Man. What they got to do? Beat it with brews? Get the hell off their property. I would not. <laughs> the only thing I keep thinking is I would not eat here. No, and that's what I'm saying. There's it's like, seven it's, homeless people sitting on the pitch. Yeah, it's like they've done every they've done everything short but beat your but beat your way and it go away. Like you guys don't spend money. You buy dollar menu and then you sit around in front of his McDonald's all day. Yeah, I would raise the do. dollar menu to ten dollars. I would, I'm not a fact, Just glaring at folks. Here's how I would do it. Yes. This, this, if I own this They're McDonald's, robbing people. If I own this McDonald's, this is how I do it. You have a car, it's a dollar. You don't have a car, ten dollars. That's how I would roll. So look, we don't gotta get rid of the menu items. You roll around through the drive-through and you walking. Guess what, bro? Ten dollars. And you know what? I'm just <laughs> not realizing. That's I, did, I know it might sound stupid, but. This is why they have signs up at some McDonald's that say you must have a car to be served through the drive-thru. Yeah, exactly. Oh, when the cops rolled through, as San Francisco officer John Andrews did Thursday, and tell Newhart and company they can't sit on McDonald's patio unless they buy something, they have no choice but to move on. They could buy a 99 cents hamburger, but they say they would rather save the money for a more filling. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? Are you what did they, they say? What did they say? Uh, they said they could buy a 99 cent hamburger. So there is still a menu, an item on the menu that's a dollar. Wow. But they said they would rather save the money for another more filling but less expensive item. Are you fucking kidding me? That's, that is, oh my God. What is, are you serious? They just being ridiculous. Yeah, all right. Man throws sword in domestic dispute. I'm responding to a Pendergast ad in uh, regards to a domestic dispute involving Roger W. Lampman and his wife. The physical dispute had occurred after Lampman realized his wife was lying about having cancer and... No, wait. No, I no. hope not. <laughs> no. I'm just joking. Whoa. A physical dispute had occurred and Lampman had broken items in the house after assaulting his wife. Lampman threw a small sword at the front door, smashing the full-length tempered glass front. <gasps> Ladies, never date a man that owns a sword. I don't know what this woman was thinking. Lampman's four children, ranging from ages 6 to 18, were in the house during the incident. Officers did search for the suspect, but he fled before their arrival. But a couple hours later, Lampman returned to the residence and changed his clothes as he knew police were searching for him. He slapped his wife before leaving a second time. Hey. It was like, bitch, I'm going to the police office. I'll be back. <laughs> wow. Hey. <laughs> Officers were able to locate him as he was fleeing. Leftman was charged with three counts of endangering the welfare of a child and assault. He was later charged with three additional counts of endangering the welfare of a child for the filthy living conditions of the residents. What? Wow. He didn't keep a he didn't keep a clean house. I guess not. Yeah. I can't believe this. It gets to be bitches to clean. <laughs> <laughs> I got time. I got swords to swing at people. I got to. <laughs> I ain't got no time to clean. 
Florida. An intoxicated man who walked into a bar and sprayed deer urine inside ended up in jail and sent patrons scurrying for the exit. Oh what? my God! Police say twenty. First of all, how do you get your deer urine? That's the best question. So you go, you go to the hunting store. They they, they use that to like to attract like the bucks. Like if it's female, it's usually female deer urine. They they spray it up there and getting them hunting. Stuff. So how do they get it? Like who's? I don't want to. Yeah, whose job is it to go to, into to, that? To, to, to milk the Somebody's got that job. Ears. Yeah, that dude makes 263 times less than his CEO. I guarantee it. You know he does. That's in the farmhouse. Come on. Police say 26-year-old Joshua Aaron came inside the Cahoots bar. He was up to Cahoots, all right. <laughs> Edison had Friday night at 11:30 p.m. began spraying a foul-smelling liquid from a small bottle. Uh, Stacy Yabara says the smell caused other patrons to run for the exit doors. Some stampeding each other to get outside. Damn, that shit must stink. Wow. It must do, see, they probably spread, like you said, for hunting. They probably spread out in the open. They no, probably- they spread on themselves to mask their scent. Like, oh. so deer won't um, be afraid of them by sm- getting a whiff of them. It probably still stinks, tough. Security personnel got the suspect on the ground where the police found him when they arrived. They found a small Vizine bottle in a plastic bag in the suspect's possession. So only a bottle as small as Vizine could cause this reaction for all these people. That's the... A little goes a long way. Yeah. Dear Union, you don't need a lot of Dear Union. That's what I say. You use Dear Union, just, just, just a pinch, Okay. A lot of these people, they're, they're putting way too much dairy urine with their recipes and it's fucking shit up. The security personnel <laughs> gave police another small... I love your laugh, Karen. I just... I want to... Uh, the police... Oh, police gave police... <laughs> personnel gave police another small bottle. Uh, Brock told the police the liquid inside was dairy urine. The smell from the bottle smelled like something had died, police said. Bronco, who would think the nice little sweet deer would piss like alien? Piss <laughs> <laughs> like a corpse. Yes, like oh, beer piss death. Did you know that? Um, Bronco told police he got bottles <laughs> with the liquid from a friend named Ricky. <laughs> Ricky got it. <laughs> Where you get it from? I got it from Ricky. Please, just let me go. Ricky, the deer urine seller? What's going on here? <laughs> Ricky set me up. He's always giving me deer urine. <laughs> the suspect said he was supposed to get $20 for spraying the deer urine inside the business. It ended up with Bronk being, being booked into jail charged with disorderly intoxication and public disturbance. Wow. Dublin to find residents for saggy pants. City leaders in Dublin could soon find people if their sagging pants or skirts expose their underpants. Who has a sagging skirt? Have you seen I, that in the show? I don't know. Um, you might see someone's whale tail or something if their if their pants are sagging, but a skirt, I mean that's a little that's just straight up. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a chick with a sagging skirt. I've seen like I've seen them too high. I've actually seen like a thong before, like coming out the back of somebody's like low rider jeans, but yeah. never like just straight up like sagging. I've never seen a chick sag. Is that sexy? Who's I don't know. That's uh, sexy to me. I know the Brad is in Ireland? Is it like Dublin, Ireland? Like uh-uh. they just now got on this style? This is no, it's in Atlanta somewhere. Oh, so wow. like or in Georgia I guess somewhere. It what's amazing to me is like I wonder if the Brad is somewhere like shit. I was just ten years ahead of my time. He <laughs> <laughs> was. Dublin mayor Phil Best told WMAZ TV WMAC that TV. 
that he planned to sign an ordinance Tuesday that would fine violators $25 for a first offense and $200 for an additional offense. Woo! They, they still gonna flip their thing? And the, they ain't gonna pay it either. The, yeah. Cause on, you know, now. people that sag this hard, despite the law, are good about paying their fines. The rule, the rule passed this week by the city council prohibits police from wearing pants or skirts more than three inches below the top of their hips and exposing any skin or underwear below. Best said the rule promotes mutual respect. He said not everyone wants to see other people's underwear. Well, I do. Did you ever think about me, Mr. Mayor? I know. The rule was, I'm an underwear connoisseur. I just like to know what the fashions are. I'm glad you do. The rule has its critics. Richard Moore said he doesn't like baggy pants, but said people have the right to dress any way they want. Yes, they do. Uh, apparently, a manual on how to molest children is, ele- is legal, cop says. Are you serious? Whoa! Yep, not legal. Not illegal. It is legal. A 170-page manual explaining step-by-step how to molest children with police in Orange County, Florida, believed that has been circulated for months, is not is not illegal. Investigators have stated that they still want to know where it came from. You think? <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. It was pretty amazing when I first saw it, and because how detailed it was. Orange County Sheriff's Department Phil Graves told ABC News. The manual, which was apparently written by someone who calls himself the Mule, is how to is a how-to of child molestation. Even explain even explaining where and how to find potential victims. Oh. I was more amazed that someone would be as bold as to create an actual 170-page document that would detail how to do it. Among the many disturbing topics covered, see, they just can't wait for the cookies to come out. Among the many disturbing topics ah. covered in the show is how to convince a victim in the book is how to convict convince a victimized child not to tell his or her parents. People who are in, engaged in the exploitation of children are talking about these things and how to avoid law enforcement. Seminole, church, uh, officer, sergeant, Dan Purcell. Damn, that's a long title. Yes, it is. A long ass name. <laughs> yeah, and I would, yes. in this article, I would not, I would say, can you take out the semen part of Seminole? Cause this is touchy yeah. subject. Uh, deputies with the sex, sheriff's sex of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I knew the POS is gonna come out. You can't hide it forever. <laughs> the, the deputies, the deputies with the sheriff's sex offender surveillance squad have been. Oh, and you know people in the news do this anyway, where like they have these art. Like we've read so many of these articles where they have those like puns in there, or like you just like okay, they know this is a joke, but they're running this shit anyway with straight fakes. Like if I was a if I was a news anchor, that's the only thing I could do good. It's like give me a fucked up story, let me say a bunch of jokes and keep a straight face, and then move to the next guy like nothing happened. Uh, like, the, have you seen the video where they talk about the leprechaun that the black people saw in this one town? Love it. And, and then love the it. best part about that is they cut back to the news people, and they're still going in making these jokes and being dead ass serious, but they're like. Well, I hope they get to the bottom of this and find that leprechaun. You know, it's amazing that they didn't find it drinking malt liquor and eating chicken. Back at you, Jim. Like, oh my God, this is racist and funny. We personally haven't worked on a case on it, worked a case on it, but it has been located within our region. Graves said. Graves told WFTV, WFTV, that is not a crime in Orange County to send the manual by email or. Should be WFTV. Yeah. <laughs> To be honest. Yes. 
<laughs> well, local federal investigators are trying to track down the manual where the manual initially came from. Deputies believe whoever is responsible may have committed crimes against children. Word. Word. <laughs> that is so sick. Like the systemic manipulation and mental breakdown of a child, which obviously they're not developed anyway, so it's not really that much of a challenge. But it's just like, dang, someone was like, I am that messed up and I've, I've been able to do this and get away with this. Let me share this with you. Like, like that sheer manipulation and sickness. Oh, yeah. Disgusting, man. But they're out here with us, man. These pedophiles, you gotta watch your back, man. But anyway, watch your back. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your wife. Hide your husband. Cause they, they raping everybody out here. Um, Alright man, so that's the end of the show, man. Thank you so much, Michelle. I hope this turns out good. I hope people like it. Um I do too. I hope this Skype because we want to do Skype interviews and have Skype guests and shit like that. Yes, so. we do. That's how you're gonna get Brian Pumper. I'm trying to, man. If he'll just stop sleeping, damn, dog. How many times I gotta listen to this album before you? You know what time? you need? You know what you need to do to get him on the show? Get, you know when you had your like, hey girl, send me a titty month? What was that? Yeah. Like the picture? If you gotta get one girl, send you a body part, and, and instead of Chippy D, just give her another nickname like <laughs> Woodchucky, right. and be like, listen, I know somebody, you know, that wanna talk to you, but can you come on my show? Yeah, first? if you wanna get in the game, listen to this laugh. You tell me you don't want this on your porn? <laughs> Sexy. Alright, man, so. <laughs> until, next, until next time, make sure you guys call us and leave us a message 704 557 0186. Also, make sure you go to our website, theblackouttips.blogspot.com. Click on the donate button. Drop us a couple change. The dollar menu is going up, man. Niggas can't even afford to eat right now. We definitely understand if you got to save that dollar fifty for yourself. Oh, yeah. But remember, we're keeping this podcasting going for y'all. And, um, you know, make sure you give us a like on Facebook. Just search for The Black Guy With Tips. Go to Podomatic. And also make sure you go to iTunes and leave us a review. Been a couple months since we got a good review. Who's gonna do it? Who's gonna be the one to get us to 20 likes on 25 star ratings? Come on. Alright, man. So, uh, thank you, Michelle, so much. We appreciate this. And I'm glad to be on the show. Yep. And, um, until next time. Love you. Love you too. Alright. Peace. We out. Yeah. Make you wanna leave the one you with But I ain't not sure Raymond I'm the kid that they rush to blame And for the crush they claiming Who can make them blush the same When I ask what's my name And they yell F-A-B You shouldn't have even bought her my direction Unless she was handcuffed with an order of protection Yeah I'm talking reckless now, cause uh-huh. I'm the reason that your girlfriend's all your exes now. I'm Nick. the fella that keep them yelling and it's nothing to get them. I don't sweat them, it's what I tell them and they quickly forget them. And I bet them, I get them to forget the day that they met them. And I let them, cause I just spent them and it's on them to dead them. But I've been on the move while you do be sleeping. The coupe on 22s, keep your shorty sneaking and she won't tell the truth. She too used to creeping when Mike is in the booth, it's the truth I'm speaking. Any girl I gave it to, can't even go love another man. I give it to him like no other brother can She say my man can barely move me But boy, you make me scream like a scary movie On top of that, I'm smoother than the rest of the gangsters And I prove that dude you mess with some wangster Oh!
damn, homie Your girl is with the street fam, homie And she ain't fucking with you It's a shame you lame, can't even maintain your dames And it's insane the way that she gave me brain Bop pimp games the same, don't forget the name And when chicks beat the chain, they just can't restrain Shorty, don't try to fake it, just up and face it Your time is being wasted, your man's a basis See it all in his faces, he's cheap and tasteless But life is what you make it, just watch the bracelet Bet your man can't do it like me His veins don't pump him fluid like me He's nowhere near like me And he probably been keeping you in check